in terms of some of the debates that he was in half Puritans, do you want to walk us through, I suppose, what his methodology is or what his arguments would be for the Episcopacy or for other sort of ceremonies and things like that? Puritans kind of objected yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, it's, it's that. The thing which he goes with quite a lot is because, uh, and it's interesting, the way he starts with this really is he, he does a bit of a history of, of Calvin in Geneva at the start of his, his laws. And he, he does a, a sort of, and he wants to say he's very pro Calvin. So Hooker's kind of standing with Calvin, which of course the, the Puritans who he's arguing with are wanting to say, we're, essentially their, their situation is we've, uh, in, in the time when we were kind of running away under Elizabethan persecution and, uh, and others, uh, well, sorry, under Mary, sorry, under Mary, when Bloody Mary was around, a lot of the, a lot of the people went to the continent, they come back. And they say, well, we've seen how the church in Geneva or, or Strasbourg or wherever, uh, and, and that's how the church ought to be, and it's how it ought to be here. And Hooker does a, a sort of review of that where he says, well, really what's happened with, with Calvin in Geneva is he's arrived at a, a method of governing the church, organising the church, which fits with his context, which is expedient to his situation. And he's then, he's tested that by scripture, and he's justified it by scripture, but it, it's it's kind of emerged out of the context in which he's in. And he wants to say, well, England, we're in a different situation. We've got a different inheritance here, um, and therefore it, it's it's legitimate for our, our our church to be governed as it is here, conserving what we can of, of what's been here before. Um, uh, and therefore, you know, it's not that there is one form of church order it's, it's that it's that thing that we sometimes call the the normative rather than the regulative principle uh which is the regulative principle is, is essentially that that you you do what scripture has commanded uh, and only what scripture has commanded, specifically in the area of, of church government we'll talk about that at the moment um, and the normative principle is essentially uh, you don't do what scripture has forbidden uh, there, there's uh, and so there's a slightly different approach. There's a different expectation. Well, on, the, on the regulative side, you're expecting scripture to dictate, in a sense, to prescribe what church should be like. Whereas um, with normative principle, you're expecting scripture to provide a, a field of play uh, within which you, you can operate. And Hooker's arguing for that second one, the normative principle, the field of play idea, uh, and is saying that, that uh, these these things are deduced through reason and through tradition uh, that those those in a sense it's through reason and tradition that we have what we have here in the form that it's in now although that's god given too because reason and tradition that's from god too that's not you know it's not only the bible that's from god uh, but we we subject them to scriptural critique because the the bible is our ultimate authority um so he, he's going there as opposed to where uh, the puritans are going um on on you know, reformed soteriology and stuff. There's there's, there's much less between them, and um, I guess one of the things because because of that, because he's wanting to conserve what he can, uh, he does he does run into conflict with the Puritans over what he thinks about the Roman Catholics, uh, because uh, in that time, post Mary, uh, almost one of the, the tenets of um, people who are trying to be Reformed Protestant is that you know the, the less of the sniff of Catholicism that it can you have on it, the better. You know, so any any kind of 
traces of the Roman Catholic um, old establishment you want to get rid of. Hooker doesn't want to do that. He wants to hold on to what he can. Uh, and that's and that's quite controversial. Uh, with um, you know, that's one of the things that that Walter Travers takes him to task on. Um, uh, and he's so he's he 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 says things like he wants he he says things like actually you know he holds to the possibility of salvation of Roman Catholics uh, within within the the Roman Catholic Church. But yeah, that, that's that's a controversial thing in his time. I think what's interesting on that point is that he seems to depend. I have a little book here by Robert Williams, and he makes the point that Hooker's defence that actually Roman Catholics could be saved is part and parcel of his belief in justification by faith alone. So we're not saved by our uh, precise articulation doctrine justification by faith. Uh, if we're justified by faith, then we're justified by faith. Yeah, and I, and I think I think he's right in what he's saying about what Hooker says. Actually, Hooker, when he because he he writes this, he has this sort of standout sermon, uh, Richard Hooker does on justification, which is what's it called? It's called it's a learned a learned discourse on justification. It gets published and it gets read very widely in his time. Uh, and in that, he I've got a quote here. Can I read a quote? Is that all right? He says he he's making clear the dis, the differences between the reformed orthodoxy as he sees himself standing within, uh, which is both as has been passed down in the Church of England from the days of the Reformation and also uh, as he sees it standing with those on the continent. He wants to distinguish that from, from the Roman Catholic understanding. He says this, wherein then do we disagree? We disagree about the nature of the very essence of the medicine whereby Christ cures our disease, about the manner of applying it, about the number and the power of means which God requires in us for the effectual applying thereof to our soul's comfort. So, so we disagree fundamentally on how all of this works, on how all of the, the, how, how the gospel works, what the gospel does, what the work of Christ achieves in us. We, we disagree on that stuff. Um, but he doesn't want to say we disagree on who the saviour is. And, and I think that's, that's right, that actually, you know, when you talk about justification by faith, it, it, it is... As Roe Williams says, it's it's him his you know statement that it's through faith in Christ that one is saved, not through um, a, a comprehensive, if you like, understanding of, of justification by faith. He doesn't. It's not that he doesn't think that's important. He thinks that's really important, which is why he's writing the sermon and saying, "Look, these are all the ways that we we're, we're not going with Rome, and it's very, very, very important that we don't go with them." But he doesn't extend that to say, "No salvation for Roman Catholics, therefore." I suppose as reformed evangelicals, we would want to claim Hooker, we would want to argue that we have a, a good claim on Hooker. Um, in what ways do you think if Hooker were here, he would actually he would want to offer us some correctives as 21st century reformed evangelicals in Church of England? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, because Jim Packer certainly says that we ought to claim, if you reform the evangelical, he says you ought to claim Hooker. He says institutionalists always claim, claim Hooker. Um, uh, high church folk pre frequently claim Hooker, but reformed evangelicals should, he says, uh, because, like you know, soteriologically and all, all the on all the key stuff that matters to us, he's 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 reformed. Um, yeah, I, I think I think he would have some <laughs> some things to say. Uh, what would Hooker say? Uh, it's always a good question, isn't it? Um, I think he'd probably say a lot, uh, and he'd probably say it in in 
quite difficult to fit into a short space of time on a podcast sort of way. Um, but I, I mean, just that thing on, if you like, the 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 authority of the church, which is derived from, in a sense, from freedom. It's a strangely sort of almost libertarian thing that the church is free to um, to make its own laws, uh, which are, you know, we and we want to do that really carefully and in line with um, with scripture, obviously, chiefly, uh, and then also worked out carefully to our context and all that sort of thing. And, and there's, a, there's a need to, to fit that into the context, but also together. Uh, and and that, that thing, I wonder if that's where the sort of the together thing, uh, together, you know, collegially, corporately, with each other now, but also together in sense of tradition down through the years, that a hooker would be, I think I might take us to task on that, but actually we, I wonder if we, we, we're individualists, aren't we? We're all products of our age in lots of ways. And, and speaking as a pastor at a church, no, no less so, um, you know, it's it, expediency to my situation. That's not my problem. Actually, you know, we're always asking those questions at church of, of, of how do we fit the context? How do we fit the situation we're in? How do we be faithful in this situation here? But the question of how do we be faithful together um, with believers down through the years and also with believers across the world now, that's much less on our lips. I think you might call me up on that. Mm. Yeah, it seems I mean, in issues of, sort of Ali Afra, things that might seem sort of different to us, but we're always very keen to allow each individual just to, mm. we're very keen to allow yeah, every individual to um, yeah. decide for themselves. But it seems like almost, Hooker's point is that if it is on the offer, then you should obey what the church says. Yeah, yeah. His conclusion ends up very different, doesn't it? Because yeah, we expect that to go complete freedom, therefore. You know, anything goes. And he doesn't go there at all. He goes, well, then, in which case, if the Queen says it, you do it. And if, if the Bishop says it, you do it. Because, well, you've got no biblically mandated reason not to. Which I think, I think yeah, that's... Now, I, I know, he, again, he's in a very different context there and all that sort of thing. And, and the role of the Bishops and the role of the monarchs, all that's not the same as it was then. But nonetheless, there's still a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And talk to us a little bit then. So he makes a case specifically for bishops, um, and it's right. It's right. You would want to say that bishops uh, aren't of the essay of the church, not of the essence, um, but they're beneficial to the yeah. the essence. So what's going on there? Yeah. So the distinction: essay and bene essay. Essay is like yeah, the thing itself, the essence, and bene essay is the good working of the thing itself. It's the good, you know. It's it, they're to do with the well-being rather than the being of the church. So. So he would want to say, um, uh, you know, Calvin in his situation does not have bishops. Is he of the church? Well, yes, absolutely. And and, and as he says in his history, he's he's arisen, arisen at that through kind of being the church faithfully in the context in which he is. Um, but he'd want to say that episcopacy is nonetheless, um, comes with a weight of, uh, well, a, a weight of tradition that goes back to the right all the way to the apostles. That's where he wants so he's he's not it's not the full thing that we hear with the Oxford or whatever of the succession apostolic succession. That's not what he's arguing. 
It's not that there's one broken line of tradition and therefore you can't break that. That, that, that. That's a thing that becomes huge for the Oxford movement later. Mm-hmm. Hooker's not saying that, but he is saying that there is a weight of tradition here that goes all the way back to the apostles and, and, and is, is most fitting with uh, the biblical description of, well, church and also also the people of God. I mean, you know, he, he uh, Hooker, like I said, he's a Hebrew scholar, um, and and like, well, like others, like like Usher, when he comes along, and we in in the Anglicanism course here, we end up talking about what Usher says about episcopacy. Usher Usher comes later. Usher's around in the the time of the Commonwealth. He's a sort of a modified Episcopalian. He's he's a sort of soft pro bishopy kind of guy rather than a hardliner. But I'm, I'm the great Church of Ireland, man. Church of Ireland man. Yeah, there you go. And um, does does all sorts of things. But he he argues on the ground of uh, Old Testament models of organisation of the of the people of God, um, sort of you know Levites grouped into houses and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That there's a logic to episcopacy that 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 grows out of scripture organically that way. But Hooker does something similar. He, he's 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 Old Testament as well as New Testament in there, but he he also wants to big up the tradition. And, and he he's got this line where where he says, which I think I think is quite fun. Um, uh, let me let me see. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, he he he's where he's arguing against um, Presbyterian uh, as being the only way, uh, and he he says this. He says, "I'm going to do another quote." He says, "A, a very strange thing, sure it were." Sorry, it's a bit, bit of a, it's the Northern Irish just coming out there. A very strange thing, sure it were, that such a discipline as you speak of, Presbyterianism as opposed to Episcopacy should be taught by Christ and his apostles in the word of God, and no church ever have found it out, nor receive it till this present time. Contrarywise, the government against which you bend yourselves be observed everywhere throughout all generations and ages of the Christian world, no church ever perceiving the word of God to be against it, he says. Now, you know, we can't quite say this name in our time because there's there's lots and lots of churches that have got, uh, got by without episcopacy now, but certainly in, in his time he's saying, well, you know, everywhere... There, you know, all the churches have seem to be pretty agreed that you have episcopacy, don't don't you? Apart from just a few who have just emerged now, yeah. uh, so it seems odd to claim that that is the one true way that uh, that Christ has commanded. You know, so he's he's tracing it back through tradition and, but but yeah, scripturally definitely. So do you, I mean, one question I have with this then is, um, would Hooker still want to say that bishops are sort of God's design, they are sort of ultimately from God. Whenever you weigh up the the cumulative case from scripture read within the tradition of the church and what human reason says, or would he say that it's just, you know, it's up to us to kind of come up with this model? So he does say he can conceive of situations where bishop, where episcopacy could be abolished. uh, he he says that somewhere in book seven. I can't give you a reference. I'm sorry, uh, but but somewhere in there he does say that he, he he can see, you know, there could be a situation where episcopacy could be abolished by the by the sort of consent of the whole church. You could do that, uh, but you do that together, um, and and that that could be that could be valid. So he's he he does think it's from God, um, but he has he has slightly. He has slightly nuanced senses of what he thinks is from God. You know, there are things which are, if you like, words of God, commanded from God, specifically in Scripture. But there's also stuff which is of God, 
because it, as it were, providentially given uh, through, um, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about tradition, really. Hooker, I think, is, is talking about, you know, that's, that's it's providentially given more broadly. Um, uh, and therefore, so we're not saying that episcopacy is therefore of the devil, because that's, that's the alternative. No, 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 we're not saying it's of the devil. We're saying it's given of God. But things can be given of God for a time, providentially, which are then taken away again. So that, that can apply, could apply to bishops. Although that's not what he's saying in his time. He's saying, no, let's let's stick with them. We've got bishops. We've got no good reason to not have bishops, actually. That's, a, that's what he's saying. I think one of the things that interests me in this conflict between um, Hooker and the Puritans is that it seems like there's sort of almost made be two, two sort of streams in Protestantism. Um, one that sees itself very much as back to the Bible movement. And in order to get back to the Bible, we're just going to sort of skip over 1,500 years of church history. We might, you know, have the odd nod here and there to the Council of Nicaea or whatever it is, but ultimately we're, we're just going back to Scripture. Um, and there's another wing within Protestantism that wants to see itself in fundamental continuity with the Catholic Church um, as it's expressed itself throughout history. Um, I suppose the Lutheran tradition, for the most part, maybe had more continuity, and then there was maybe more of a divide within the Reformed wing of the Church, which, you know, maybe this conflict maybe represents. But do you think that's a fair way? Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think that's the, you know, the, the, there's the, and certainly the, there's a thing in the Reformation itself, isn't there, which is the, you know, the ad fontes. Let's go back to the sources. Let's go back to, you know, actually, they, they, a whole lot of dead wood chopping off. Let's go back. Let's go back to the sources and see how it should be. And and in the Reformation itself, they, they do that. But they don't just do that. They don't only do that. They don't only go, let's go to the Bible and, and try and rebuild again from ground zero. Uh, they, you know, Calvin, Luther, Cranmer, they're they're keen on the church fathers. They want to kind of establish, if you like, stuff from antiquity as well as just stuff from scripture. So yeah, that, that that's that I think that's both of those things are kind of wired into Protestantism in its various forms. And 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 certainly, yeah, I'd say I mean, you know, if you think well, what's the situation in the Church of England, well you've got both, haven't you? You've got you know and 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 where did I come from? Well, I came very much from its Bible first. We do. I think we talked about um, a little bit in the lecture last week. Was that thing Brie? I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's like you draw. Basically, you draw. I mentioned a Battenberg. You draw a Battenberg on 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 the page. So you, you know your Battenberg. You've got your four squares. Um, and in one of the pink ones, you put B, which is Bible. Uh, in one of the yellow ones, R, which is reason. Uh, another one. Let's say the pink one because it's opposite I uh, institution, uh, and on the, the fourth one E experience, and you go well. Which one of these do we want to go with? Uh, and so we, you know, we come to a, a controversial issue. We go well. Which one? Do, which what do we use to decide with? Do we do we decide with the Bible, with our reason, with a, the intuition, what we're told to do by our, you know, by the the organisation that we belong to, or by our experience, what it feels good? Uh, and we go. We go with the Bible. That's what makes us evangelical. Um, and I want to say, yeah, that's that's a useful diagnostic tool, um, but um, well, you've got to you've got to then put all those other things back in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. You can't just go, I'm Bible, no reason, no in- institution, no experience, because like, well, 
that that's not being biblical. <laughs> Actually, the Bible deals with uh, wisdom, as we said, reason, uh, our, our understanding of the world. It deals with in, institution as well. It deals with things being passed on and inherited and held to, and it deals with experience um, uh, and and you know the the heart and the the effects of the Holy Spirit on. on that aspect of our lives and, and so we we've got to put all that stuff back in there somewhere i think richard hocker gives us a lot of a lot of wisdom to enable us to think about how to start putting that back together mm-hmm. yeah i mean i mean obviously the first generation of reformers you know, calvin and luther and, and uh, Cranmer, they're all like they, they're all they grew up as roman catholics they are steeped in not just the scriptures but but the fathers and yeah. the medieval theologians and that's a lot of the a lot of the Reformation leaders fighting over those guys. There's a quote from I think it's from Calvin's preface to to King Francis and uh, it just says that his opponents, the, the, the Roman Catholic apologists, they sift through um, they, they search for, for the, the, the error in the in the church fathers. It's as if they're sifting through a pile of gold looking for nuggets of dung. <laughs> Um, they latch on the, the the few wrong ideas from the fathers because we're 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 actually we're we're following the fathers rightly. Yeah. Um, we we like to talk about uh, Anglicanism as as Protestantism with two thousand years of history, not five hundred years of history. Yeah. I think that's that's really strong in in Hooker. Hooker's um, got that conservative. We belong to the the Catholic Church as it's instituted in. In England, it's that, it's that, as you say, it's a different starting point. I think for where do we see church growing out of it? It's like it's almost like it's it's easy for me to see church as a, as a series of concentric circles that starts with me where I am, uh, and, and and I kind of push those concentric circles as far out as I feel that the people there count as church. My definition, you know what I mean? I, I think. I think you're right. I think Hooker comes and, and the reformers, Calvin, come, come at it the other way. They kind of go, well, there's this massive big thing called church and, and we're part of it here. Um, and our task is to be that here. Uh, and, oh, yeah, we, we weed out the stuff that's that's wrong. And we, you know, we do we do that. We fling out the knots and dump. <laughs> but, you know, that, I think that is, a, that is a different approach to ecclesiology. Which I'm, I think I'm only just starting to get my head around a bit, really. But, but actually, you know, default congregation that is the default in our time, culturally. But I think it's also the default in our time in the Church of England for evangelicals, certainly. Um, and so to sort of see this kind of big view church, uh, that's that's cool. That's quite it's quite a challenge. People gather together our books and just uh, finish. I will leave you with this quote from Richard Hooker on what it means to be justified and made righteous in God. And he writes this, Such we are in the sight of God the Father, as is the very Son of God himself. Let it be counted folly or frenzy or fury or whatever. It is our wisdom and our comfort. We care for new knowledge in the world with this, that man has sinned and God has suffered, that God has made himself the sin of men, and that men are made the righteousness of God. Amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Dave, for coming on to the... Thank you for having me. Um, 
next time, button boat cake. That's my that's my recommendation. Thank you. It's been a joy. <laughs>